On the eve of his crucifixion, Jesus prays to his Father, I have given them your word, and the world hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them from the world, but you keep them from the evil one. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm your host, Nate Gazau, and you're listening to Aliens on Earth. Please stick around. We've got a very special episode just for you. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is episode 14, Truth in Love, No Matter the Cost. This episode is one of the most challenging episodes for me personally thus far, and really because It's a lesson I believe that God is teaching me currently in a major way. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and we were catching up, you know, after a long time and we began discussing a lot of different topics. I remember discussing politics and how far we've gone from how things were when we were growing up as kids. And, you know, we threw around phrases like those were the good old days and kids these days you know and i remember in this conversation i caught myself saying something to my friend that really got me thinking i was almost surprised at how easily these words came to me i told my friend after disagreeing with him on a very fundamental core biblical belief you know that i have and i told him almost in a joking way hey man if you like it i love it if that works for you then okay but i don't believe that to be true for myself but i support you i got your back bro and i remember feeling really bothered by that and just kind of irritated with my myself with for that comment but i couldn't really explain why i didn't get why i mean we say these things all the time i mean after all you know we can have a political difference and you know maybe have a worldview difference and still be friends, right? And generally, yes, absolutely. But as believers and disciples of Christ, it's our mandate to speak up for the truth and boldly reject the lies. Our standards and our stance should be very clear at all times. We can't really play both sides of the fence. We're called to separate ourselves from the world, which simply means any way of life that opposes or even dismisses God's word. We're not geographically called to hide ourselves or, you know, move away from people that don't share our beliefs in the word of God, or we're not even necessarily called to bash them and make them feel bad in any way. But God has given humanity the freedom of choice Since the beginning of time, even before Adam and Eve in the garden, Satan and the angels had their own free will to make the choices they wanted to make. And, you know, we know how that ended up, but nonetheless, they were free to decide. So our job as professing Christians and most of all as committed disciples is not really to force upon people our ideas and our agendas or to police the world's actions. But we're called to stand our ground and embrace God's truth and really just reject all the lies. 
we have to speak up though for the truth at all times we can't have an attitude that you know people will do what they want to do so let me just do me and we you know go that way you do you i'll do me you stay in your lane i'll stay in mine but we must never tire of speaking out the truth in love we must be willing and really okay with disagreeing with people even if that means it's with family close friends we know that the world system the ways of the world are always contrary and contradicting to the ways of god the real challenge is look within ourselves let's really take it personal ask ourselves some real questions have i allowed myself to embrace a way of life or have i aligned myself or assimilated with a group or cause that you know operates in a culture that contradicts my mission as a disciple of christ all that means is Am I being silent when I should be speaking up? In truth, my silence speaks volume. My nonchalant indifference says I'm okay with it. When I was speaking to my friend, I believe the Lord convicted me after the conversation was over. For a second, when I told him, if you like it, I love it. And even though I don't live by that standard, I support you in your decision as long as it works for you. In that moment, I portrayed the Bible not as ultimate truth but as a truth that can exist amongst many other truths i really just embraced my friend's view and perspective as valid which ultimately was wrong in the name of love or acceptance we can't betray our call to discipleship which means that we defend the truth and reject the lie even if that may cost us our reputation or our friendships or even our family Luke 14, 25 through 35. I love how the message translation says it. It says, one day, large groups of people were walking along with Jesus. And he turns and tells them, anyone who comes to me, but refuses to let go of his father, mother, spouse, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even his own life cannot be my disciple." Anyone who won't shoulder his own cross and come follow me can't be my disciple. And he goes further and starts to describe, you know, counting the cost. Someone who's planning to build a house. You first sit down, you count the cost, you see how much you have. Do you have enough to finish the whole house? You don't just start when you have enough only for the foundation because then you can't finish. Right. And then people will come and look at you like you're foolish. Or he gives another example as a king going off to battle. First, you make sure you're equipped. You make sure that you have what it takes and then you go. I like how verse 33 simply puts in the message translation, it says, if you're not willing to take what is dearest to you, whether that's your plans or people and kiss them goodbye, you can't be my disciple. So that pretty much means that for the cause of following Jesus, for the sake of Christ, for the sake of the mission of spreading the gospel, making disciples. If you can't be willing to kiss all the things you care about goodbye, even to the point of your own life, then you can't be my disciple. So this is part of that counting the cost. And verse 34 says, salt is excellent. But if salt goes flat, then it's useless and good for nothing. 
and he even tells him are you listening are you really listening and you know when media government and educational systems are telling us you know there are seven gender types or you know in any given day you can decide which one that you would like to be addressed by how do we as disciples respond to this or do we have a response when society promotes drug abuse or alcoholism will we remain silent when we choose to stop if we stay quiet when lies are spreading or when agendas that are destroying people's lives that go contrary to the word of god are being promoted it's really a form of embrace if someone let me put it like this if someone were to take some drugs out right in front of you and ingest them just right there standing right in front of you and you remain silent you just don't say anything you don't do anything chances are they're going to come back and they're going to feel comfortable to do it again and again and again and really in their minds you're okay with it because you're a silent bystander something that happens to us like in our minds when we see something over and over again and if we don't speak up about it when we see it the first time we become desensitized and although we wouldn't snort those drugs ourselves because we haven't spoke out against it we sort of accept it as a norm and embrace it by creating a safe space for it to happen we shut that light off and our salt really ain't salt no more we sort of blend in you know we may not have the power to stop the person from using the drugs but cuz they're free to choose to do what they please but we know that as ambassadors of the kingdom of god we must speak the truth in love tirelessly whether they receive it or not and we really have a call to introduce them to someone who's stronger than addiction honestly we first ourselves have to be convinced that the truth we carry is the remedy to the lost and dying world no one should feel comfortable doing or indulging in a sinful lifestyle around us because why we're ambassadors of truth we are the ones who represent the gospel christ is the perfect example of this when he comes in contact with sinners and tax collectors the light that he shone had an impact on these broken and sin-bound people whether that's Zacchaeus or Mary Magdalene or even his own disciples you know oftentimes we use Christ as an excuse to go blend in with and find acceptance from the world and you know do as they do we use the famous words Jesus ate and drank with sinners and tax collectors yes he did but he was there to shine a light in the dark places He was there declaring the freedom to the captives. He was on mission and really he's not a silent bystander or even worse joining in with their depraved ways. As disciples of Christ, I believe we should speak out. We should ask ourselves constantly. Ask ourselves these three questions. Do I speak up for truth? Do people feel comfortable indulging in ungodly living around me? Do I have a heart for the lost that desires humanity to come to the knowledge of Jesus? We're not called to judge 
the lost. We're not called to judge the lost, but to be a beacon of hope and to show the world a different way of life. But you know that takes courage. It takes guts. It takes a willingness to face all kinds of rejection and humiliation, which is why Christ told us to count the cost. I'll close with this. In Luke 1, we see a man named John, also known as John the Baptist. And John was a man who prepared the way of Christ as it was foretold in the prophets. He was preaching and he was proclaiming the coming of the one who would set the world free from their sins. Let's go ahead and look into it. Let's read it. Behold, I am sending a messenger before you who will prepare your way. The voice of one calling out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea was going out to him. And all the people of Jerusalem, they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist. And his diet was locusts and wild honey. And he was preaching, saying, After me one is coming, who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to even bend down and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. If we look closely at this, John was a bit strange, and we can all admit that. From his outfits to his diet, John was not your typical guy. There's one thing about John that I want to highlight. He was tirelessly living out the mission for which he was called to on this earth. He knew why he was here. He was here to prepare the way of the Lord. And he did just that. And here's where things get a bit interesting. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 1, it says, At the time Herod the Tetrarch, heard the news about Jesus and said to his servants, this is John the Baptist. He himself has been raised from the dead. And that's why miraculous powers are at work in him. For when Herod had John arrested, he had bound him and put him in prison because of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip. For John had been saying to him, it is not lawful for you to have her. Although Herod wanted to put him to death, he feared the crowd because they regarded John as a prophet. So let's pause right there for a second. John had been doing his ministry and, you know, as we've read in the previous chapter in Luke 1, he was baptizing people and his ministry was thriving. So John was out here telling people the truth and he was proclaiming the good news that there was one coming it says that he went to jail eventually why does he do this john was speaking up to herod herod at that time had married his own brother's wife and john was speaking up against this saying hey this is wrong this is an abomination to god you can't do this herod had him arrested in verse 6 it says when herod's birthday came the daughter of herodias danced before them and it pleased Herod. It pleased him so much that he promised her an oath to give her whatever she asked. And after being prompted by her mother, she said, give me the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And although he was grieved, the king commanded it be given because of the oaths and his dinner guests. So he pretty much didn't want to look like a punk in front of his dinner guests. 
he sent the word and John was beheaded in the prison and his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl and she brought it to her mother. John's disciples came and took the body away and buried it and they went and reported it to Jesus. So John's story by no means is what we imagine the outcome of our lives to be. But Jesus, for some reason, says that John the Baptist was the greatest man to ever walk the earth. Why? Because he selflessly gave his life for the cause of Christ. Even when it was safer to just be quiet, John spoke up. That can resonate with us because we weren't called to be comfortable and to enjoy a life of ease. God called us to make disciples in whatever mission field God has already placed us, whether that be in corporate America, healthcare, politics, church ministry. Our life's mission is to live the truths of God, to speak God's truth in the dark places, to refuse to be silenced even when it gets hard. Speaking the truth in love is what we are called to do. John had tremendous success in his life of ministry. We see that because he baptized so many people and led them on the path of life. But he also faced a whole bunch of rejection. We should also know and accept that we may be hated, maybe even persecuted, but God promises to be with us every step of the way. Remember, we are the light. We're the light of the earth and we should never be silenced. Speak and live out the truth in love. Never let darkness be comfortable around you. Silence may as well be agreement. If you've enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes, please download them, share them with your friends, comment, tell us what you think, and most of all, tune in next week as we have a brand new episode just for you. This is Aliens on Earth. And until next time, I'm your host, Nate Gazelle.